two of the Clear Eyes Full Shelves chat with author Courtney Summers. If you missed the first part of this three-part podcast series, you can find it on the blog at clearizefullshelves.com slash the podcast. And you'll find all the info there about past episodes, including the episode with Courtney, um, links to the first season of Clear Eyes Full Shelves podcast, and how you can support the podcast by leaving a review at iTunes or by doing a free trial with Audible, which helps support our hosting and production costs. Thanks so much, and let's get started. You know <laughs> yeah. who else um, has, who's been on our podcast and did a really, uh, has handled in a couple of different ways um, tra- trauma, I think, really Mindy. is Mindy. Exactly. Awesome. It's Mindy makes my recipes, and I like Mindy. She's a talented writer and a nice person, and she tried my recipes. She does. She makes your rap all the time. It made me so happy when I heard that. I was like, I was listening to the podcast and I just, I buried my face in my hands and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was yeah, it was I, the I, highlight. I've been doing this thing um, that Nafiza, who writes um, bibliographic monologues, which is a wonderful blog that people should read if they're not. Um, she started on Instagram, which is this, she's trying to get people to post like a book a day that right. they like and why they like it. And so to mine today was one of Mindy's books. Um, it was Free Fall. I love Free Fall. I, I love like, that book. <laughs> she's got, like, she's got such voice. I just, she really does. Yeah, she's good at what she's, and I'm like, excited about her next one. And that's co-written, right? Laura has read a bunch of that one. <gasps> oh, her I'm upcoming book? Now. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm she's jealous. made a lot of changes from the version that I've read, but I really like what she's done. Um, and there's definitely, I mean, of course, because it's a Mindy book, there's like trauma and angst involved. She's so good. She's I just so think. good at it. She's so good at. She's so good at it. At, like, she's another one that deserves a lot more attention, she in really my opinion. Does. She really does. Like, and, and she's so good at bringing like the angst, but not in like a ridiculous. Like, because I feel like there's a lot of sort of manufactured angst in storytelling at the moment. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Trend. And. Um, she doesn't like ramp it up to like drama no, drama level. It's, it's not yeah. in a sense. It's like she almost holds back, which makes it more painful. Yeah, yeah. I it's agree. not gratuitous or anything. It's not like for the angst for the sake of angst. It's it, just it makes me worry about her characters. You know, like, yeah. Uh huh. Like, like, oh gosh, I think there's a lot more going on here, and you just you're not. You know, please be okay. Please be okay. Please be okay. Yeah, because she does kind of like she's very like she walks this sort of fine line with them in terms of like how much she lets them feel. And yeah, it's, and it's it's brilliant. She's she's so good. But I think that's a really realistic thing that she does because, like you know, I think that people who are going through things, but they still need to get through like their days or they need to go to school or they need to work and right. they need to be able to like function on a normal level. Yeah. That separation is a real thing. Mm-hmm. So. And I think good. she does that in both free fall and, um, live through this. Live through this. So I'm eating organic Cheetos. I realized I stuck <laughs> one in my mouth before I, this could have been you, Laura, if you come over. Sorry. <laughs> um, I just stuck one in my mouth. Um, she does. She does that with. I'm also doing some really impressive hand gestures, trying to describe. I've been shaking my head and nodding my head and waving my hands yeah. around like you guys can see me, and then I'll be like, you guys will be kind of like, yes, nod, nod, nod. <laughs> well, in the way Mindy, especially in live, live through this, where she really explores how people 
who are go have gone through something or are experiencing something traumatic sort of construct a reality for themselves that like other people see that's very different from where right. they're living. Right. And that's so common. Um, like regardless, said, she regardless of the type, you know, what they're experiencing, that's a very common thing that people do. And she really gets at that, you know, that what we see and what is happening are often very, very different. She's and really good at exploring sur that survival mode. Yeah, right, like, yeah. Right. it really is. And I just, I think it's so impressive what, what she's able to do with that. And she's so great. Yeah, I think she's another person, she's another writer who readers are often like, oh, this ending didn't have the closure that I wanted or oh, yeah. is there going to be a sequel to this or something like that Especially you know live through this which is yeah I mean it ends at a beginning it's very much like um the day before in that regard yeah the end right. is the beginning of this character's like sort of new journey but I think freefall ends that way too it does. and it does. um <laughs> But people, I mean, did she, like, didn't she mention, she got, like, an email from somebody who was, like, told her, oh, yeah. like, who, like, rewrote the ending for her? <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. How do you, like, what do you do with an email like that? Do you write back and you just, like, frame it and then show it to people and, and totally. kind of would want to frame it and show it to people, right? Like, yeah. look at what I caused someone to do. <laughs> I frustrated them that much. I think Mindy is so sweet and kind that she wouldn't do she, that. Yeah. She, no, she probably wouldn't. She would just be, like, very gracious about the whole thing. Unlike some of the rest <laughs> of us where I'd be like, yes! You really upset someone! <laughs> good. Well, that's good, though. It's it's better to have people react that way than not react at all. Like, who wants indifference? Yeah. That would yeah, be the worst. Yeah. yeah, where it's like, oh, it's, I actually always feel bad when I read something. I'm like, it's all right. <laughs> Shrug. Like it's fine. <laughs> so I actually you know, find the books that make me mad more interesting, even if I've hated them. Like they yeah, it's nice. there are a few that I can like talk about ad nauseum, and I actually sort of enjoy talking about like why they made me so mad. It's it's awful, but sometimes a good like um I don't know should I call it a hate read? <laughs> yeah, I mean that I is fine. No, I'm not even one to like. I try to not look for things that'll like really not. I try to find things that'll work for me because I know my own taste. Yeah, I track well. you for the yeah. part too. Um, but every so often you hit that one book where it's like, whoa. It's like, oh, oh, you're not what I thought you were. Yeah. That's yeah. not a good talk thing. About this book. <laughs> yeah, I have had, I actually, I actually had that experience recently where I loved a book actually until the last chapter and the last chapter ruined the entire book for me and I'm uh, so upset about it. Oh, you're still really mad about that, huh? Okay. Yeah, that was two months ago <laughs> yeah she like she was like laura i think you should read this book but not the last chapter because <laughs> it's like kind that. of a sliding door sort of thing too and have you um have you seen secret window with johnny depp no oh that has that kind of ending for me it's like the whole thing was like really built up and i thought if they can find a good explanation for this can i ruin it for you yeah go ahead okay well, <laughs> okay, well, it's basically everything that's happening around him is happening all in his head. Ah. And, yeah, so it was like, this is so complicated. If they have an actual reason and explanation for why this stuff isn't, no, it's all in his head. I got so yeah, mad. That's the way this book I'm talking about ended. Uh -huh. It was like, and it was so interesting. 
because I was like, wow, this is so weird and fascinating. And all these what ifs are sort of addressed, right. you know? And then at the last chapter, you're like, oh, she's in a coma and she's going to die. <laughs> it's all what she was sort of dreaming her life would have been like. Well, what? I was, I was like, what the hell did I just read? And now it's two months later and we're talking I'm really the about this book. Like, ah. Oh. Oh, to the point where, like, I almost, like, a part of me is, like, I wonder if the editor made her add on an explanation for why all this is happening. Because it would have been really cool if it had just sort of ended and you didn't know. You were, was, like, yeah. you were, like, yeah. she did a really good job of having sort of these little, like, red herrings where you're, like, maybe it's happening because of this. Maybe it's happening because of that. Maybe the did Buffy the Vampire Slayer do an episode like that where you don't know if Buffy's, like, been crazy the whole time? I think they did, actually. And the, I think, like, the ending was it was still a question mark and... You know what she was? Yeah, cause yeah, she was like they she they thought she was like in a an institution or something, and the life of a slayer was one she had invented. And by the end of it, you don't know if she really invented it. I never watched it, but I heard about it, and it's weird because I got mad because and I didn't even watch it, and I was mad because it was unresolved. So that's interesting. Yes, they did do they did do an episode called it's called Normal Again. Ah. Oh. It is the 17th episode of the season. I don't think I ever saw this episode. I think I just heard about it um, in the sixth season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And they, the trio summon a demon whose hallucinogenic venom makes Buffy believe that her implausible and nightmarish life as Vampire Slayer has actually been her own elaborate hallucination as, as a mental patient catatonic in a hospital for six years. That was a really good episode, actually, if I remember. Yeah, and then at the end, yeah, it says here at the end that she's in Sunnyvale, but then there's another version of herself. Yes. In the, yeah. Buffy wakes up yeah. in Sunnyvale to save her friends. She detaches a <laughs> demon easily and then reconciles with her friends, urging them to quickly make her that antidote while she stays on guard against relapsing. Back at the hospital, Buffy is sitting in her corner, in the corner of a room now completely unresponsive as the doctor shines light into her pupils. Tells Buffy heartbreak, Buffy's heartbreak comparison that she's gone as the camera pulls out away out of the room. Buffy has succumbed to her illness. Yeah, when I heard about that, I got really upset. I was like, what? Why would you do that? Why? But, I mean, I so it's interesting because you got you got a resolution for the book that you're talking about, but you didn't want one? Yeah. Oh, and Joss Whedon says, if the viewer wants, the entire series takes place in the mind of a lunatic locked up in Los Angeles. And that crazy... Uh. <laughs> that upsets me. I can't handle it. <laughs> I, yeah, it's the thing. Like, why would you make it all irrelevant? That I don't know. I had a hard time. Yeah, with that but one. some people like things like that, though. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, what we're talking about is like a lot of people like things that are like wrapped up that and explained. have explanations. I think I you know, I think. I think that's really important too to be able to like different differentiate between the type of reader you are, like what you want from a story and what the book is. You're because right. like I can say I don't dig what happened with Buffy at the end of this, but I can sort of respect it as its own story. Yeah. Yeah. So like but then if it's all not coming together, then that's a different situation. But I, I always like readers that are like, This wasn't my kind of book because I'm not this kind of reader. It's easier for, not that they owe me that, but it's always easier for me to take a bad review that is like, I just know I wasn't compatible. But I don't mind bad reviews that are like, I hated your book. It was stupid. <laughs> either. Yeah. It's, it's weirdly easy for me to compartmentalize bad reviews for some reason. Well, 
Yeah, but I think like people in general, like just with like public figures, the way like public figures have to present themselves in a certain way to people to make them like people don't want to see the complexities in these people. Yeah, like that's a good point too. And they're like, like okay, LeBron James, I think is a perfect example of this. Do you know who LeBron James is, Courtney? I know of him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's basically <laughs> like right now. He's like the best basketball player in the world, basically. He's, he is right. not human. And he takes <laughs> a lot of shit um, for his. I think I don't know, like just his personality in some ways, or the way that he presents himself. Sometimes it really rubs people the wrong way. And then there was a thing that he did like five years ago that really upset people, and. And for me, it wasn't so much what he did, but it was how he did it. Yeah. And I've kind of gotten over it because he was, like, 25 then. And if I had to get judged on things that I did in my 20s, like, I was so that would really suck. If, like, people were holding that against me for the rest of my life, like, that would be horrible. Come on. I was 22, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think about then I thought I knew everything, and then I'm like, wow, I was young. And just the idea that you have to live your life out loud that young. Yeah. And anything you do. Yeah, but I think people think that things that are out there in public, like whether it be like books or just like public figures or movies, like they want them like wrap them up in a certain way. And if they don't fit into that box, then some people get really angry. And I think definitely when it comes to, like, fame, especially with public figures, if they're making a lot of money, then the whole idea of how they should be becomes even more bigger and complicated. Mm-hmm. And just the response to when you screw up becomes even bigger and horrible because they're like, well, you're rich. You should know better. Well, yeah. I, I think LeBron is actually a really interesting um, – uh, interestingly relevant to this conversation because he yes. is definitely – like, he is constantly getting shit for not – being the person that people expect him to be. Yeah. And, you know, I think he's gotten more savvy about that. Yeah. And has gotten a little more confident in, like, who he is and sort of is being a little bit, maybe he's just being smarter with PR or is being a little bit yeah. more assertive with his own, like, this is how I want to, you know, how I want to interact with the public. And Right. But... But there was, like, a really interesting article about him the other day in ESPN, basically. It's basically about how he has, like, this freakish memory and how he's, like, a really smart person. Oh, I'm not surprised. It's a really interesting – you should totally read it. I bet you'd really like it. But basically, like, a lot of his friends can't play video games against him because he, like, memorizes everything that they've done against him before and he uses it against them and they can't win. That doesn't surprise me, though, because if you watch him play basketball – you can see, like, he can see, He you can sometimes almost see him do something against a defender before the defender actually makes their move. Yeah. Like, he is very, like, his, he has a level, a, a level of, like, spatial intelligence that you can see in action. It's amazing. Yeah. But, um, like, I feel like a lot of comments about that article, like, people are just like, oh, he doesn't fit into what I think that a poor person who didn't go to college fits into. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of people enough. are surprised that somebody who didn't go to college could possibly be as smart as he is. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, he's really successful in basketball that. because he's a really intelligent person, you yeah. know? I mean, that's... I don't get... 
why people automatically assume just because you're educated, you can't be an idiot. Like, yeah, I know a lot of very well educated. But it, he doesn't fit into that box for people. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, and I, but I do think it is interesting. Like, he defines what people want a someone who has had his life experiences to have. Yeah, it really, really upsets people. Yeah, and I think that's you see that over and over again um, with with whether they're fictional characters or people in real life, where someone defies their expectation of what you think someone who ticks a certain certain boxes would be right. like or do or how they'd react, and it's very distressing to people. Yeah, and like in um, Revolution by Jennifer Donnelly. I love that book. I know, but, like, I feel like the main – have you read that, Courtney? I have it, but I haven't read it yet. Okay, so, like, the first um, – Is that the one about the girl in school that had a family tragedy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So she's, had, she's had, like, a big family tragedy, and, like – so this isn't a spoiler, really, but there's, like – happens no. in the first chapter. Yeah, right. and then, the, like, her family's just gotten really messed up as a result. And so she's dealing with a lot of these things, but I feel like a lot of the criticisms I've seen leveled at her have been because she is rich and she goes to a rich prep school and has rich prep school friends. So she shouldn't be such a brat. Right. Yeah. There's a spe- Yeah. When it comes to uh, people who are at a certain place in life. It's just like what you just said. Like, if we have certain expectations of how people should be in certain places, and if they don't meet those expectations, we get really mad at them. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like people get really mad at her for being rich and not able to, like, emotionally deal with this situation at the age of, like, 17. And despite that, like, in that story, she's not really getting any support. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. At all. Like, she's, like, adrift in a lot of ways um and like all the money and privilege in the world isn't going to right sort of moor her back to you know her family because they're so fractured yeah there's that assumption that if you have the money and the resources available that you're going to know how to pursue them yeah like how like would you know have known like who to go to or who to call when you were 17 just because you had mom's (laughs) credit card i would have known exactly what i mean like no, not and it, no. that book is a real. That's a really. I that's one I think I should reread because it went in so many directions that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. That I I think it would be one that would I would get a lot out of rereading it. Um, yeah, because she that's an interesting that's an interesting character and just an interesting exploration of like, you know, like what really happened. Like, you know, she doesn't really tell you. It's one of those where she doesn't really tell you what really happened in that story. Mm-hmm. I think that makes people mad, too. I think it does, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to stare at Josh Jackson's beard here. I haven't posted yet. <laughs> Seriously, I'm fascinated by it. He's with Diane Kruger. Yeah, that's his girlfriend. Yeah, and they're in, like, he just looks so scruffy. She looks, like, a thousand times better than him in this picture. Oh, I know. I mean, I really feel like he has, um, he has dated up with her. I mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, I love I Joshua Jackson. Like, I have just, I really do. And, but I just, like, especially in Fringe, I just really loved him in Fringe. Um, he's so likable. He is. I, and he's funny. Oh, my goodness. I will tell you when I first decided I really liked Joshua Jackson was not when he played Pacey Witter. It no? was, um, well, I liked him in Dawson's Creek. Like, I love that character. Um, 
fun. And I love what they how they like he was like one, basically one character in the first season, and they were like, oh wow, people really like him. Let's totally change <laughs> his character and like make him more interesting and complicated. Um, but <laughs> I always remember that scene with him and his dad on the beach, and the dad was passed out. He was like, you should have loved me or something like that. And that's when I loved Pacey Witter. The tragedy. Because <laughs> um, he was such a, like, he was just meant to be the goofy best friend at the beginning of the show. And he, and he had untold depth. I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, um, but he was on, it was during the Dawson's, it was right when the, after Dawson's Creek had ended. And he was when right. Conan O'Brien had that um show, the show on, like, NBC. And it was you know, the after Leno one, and I had graduated oh, right. from college, and I don't know when, it, when did Dawson's Creek end, like 2003, something like that? Something like that, yeah. So I was, but it was still at that point in my life where I, like, would stay up late enough to watch things like that, and so I was watching the Conan O'Brien show, which I know is called <laughs> something else, and, like, late night, Jackson was on it, and he was, like, talking about how, like, after Dawson's Creek ended, he just, like, put a bunch of his crap in a backpack and, like, went to Ireland and was, like, hanging out. <laughs> And I was just, like, for, like, a year or something, like, he just sort of, like, wandered around and, like, hung out, and he, like, God. made all these friends, and, you know, just his best time, and I was, like, okay, Joshua Jackson, you're kind of my people, aren't you? Like, so down to earth. Because <laughs> that's what I would do, like, if I had, like, <laughs> you know, like, had, you know, a bunch of money, I would just, like, screw it, and i just, like. See you later, everyone. <laughs> i just put some crap in a backpack and, like, go to, you know, I went, I did that, I I did crap in a backpack and went to <laughs> Ireland for a year. So, like, I get it. <laughs> he was, God, he might be the guy you. I think he might. I think he's in And so I just really, um, and then he did the PaceyCon thing. I was going to bring that. I oh, love that. Pace-y-con what is PaceyCon? I've never heard of what? that. What? Laura, this is important. Are you serious? Oh, it was my God. Like, I've never heard of it. Pace-y-con? It was Funny or Die, wasn't it? Yes. Funny or Die? It was. Yeah, they- it was for Comic-Con, but they had him go pretending it was PaceyCon. And, yes, it was amazing. Yes, and he was just, oh, God, that was good. You got to watch it. it. It was really, I mean, <laughs> oh. He didn't have a beard then I feel like either. I need to Google this now. I'm, I just, I am due the link over Skype. Oh, okay. Because it's so <laughs> important. Um, it is. It's so like, important. No, PaceyCon, he pretended that Comic-Con was like a, like, he was having, like, an alternate convention about Pacey. And he really oh. sold it, too. I believe that he believed it. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's the thing. Like, he did it so brilliantly. And I was just, it was just, like, really, like, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, my goodness, Joshua Jackson really threw PaceyCon. Like, I didn't realize it at first that it was, because he just really, he, he went all in. He did. He was, he, he's just, he's a swell guy, really. That's like the best way to describe Josh Jackson. He's swell. He really is. <laughs> and I loved his character in Fringe. Like, I loved his character, like, through the first seasons until they ruined Til it. Until JJ. Yeah. Until they ruined it in the last. But I loved what, like, he was, like, kind of a grifter and he was, like, super smart. And, like, you kind of, like, there was a lot, there were, like, three or four seasons where you weren't sure what his agenda was. You were like... Cool. Yeah, you were like... I've got to watch that. And I just skipped the last season, I guess. Watch, just don't watch the last season. <laughs> don't read the last chapter. Don't watch the last season. Yeah. No, just let it be perfect. And it's like... Because it's also it's like, if you like, like, the X-Files and those shows, 
I did like the X-Files when I was a kid. I barely remember any of it now, but I know I liked it. Yeah, I it's it's got that kind of like you know how they had the the sort of story every week that was like creepy and weird, and then yeah, they had like sort of the big picture story too. They did a really yeah, good Supernatural job. does that too. Well, yeah. you that then it got all biblical. So, so Supernatural is in its tenth season. It's going into it. I can't believe that, and I didn't get into it. Well, it was supposed to end like three seasons ago. My it was supposed to end me. in season five. They had like <laughs> the whole thing mapped out, and then they got surprisingly renewed. And then they're like, "Oh hell, what do we do?" And then they had like really two really bad seasons. But they were actually <laughs> actually they weren't bad because they were. I liked them after I spent some time away from them and came back and appreciated them some more. But and then it then season eight started picking up and then nine was really good and then ten better be great or I'll be really mad. But they've been gone for a long time. And the best part about it is in the first season everyone has this squeaky little voice and every season since then they've just they just growl everything now. <laughs> it's amazing. Like he's like, I'm gonna he just he, I can't even do it without wrecking my voice. And Sam does it, and it's like I'm trying to figure out if this is intentional or if this is something that happens with age. Because it's like I'm gonna kill some monsters. Now. I can't even. Do it. <laughs> you sound like you've been possessed by a demon. Like yeah, you sound like Marlena did on Days of Our Lives. You flatterers. <laughs> <laughs> question for you about supernatural courtney okay why do they kill all the girls all the time because they suck because this is why i've never been able because i love shows like that like if you're i know like batshit you know like and like weird creatures and like lots of fighting and all that kind of stuff i can get behind that like i love sleepy hollow like love sleepy right yeah that that was that what anyone thought it would be like when no, I know. Who yeah, knew yeah. that show would end up being what it was? <laughs> but, so, I love that show. Oh my goodness! And like, we haven't even talked about about you and your Sleepy Hollow connection. Which you is, mean my best friend Orlando Jones? Yeah, your best friend Orlando what? Jones. <laughs> he tweeted at me twice or more than. Oh. Twice. And then he recommended um was it cracked up, up to me, me on his summer it, book club? Oh yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, it was like it's all downhill from here. Like seriously. No, I because I he's great. <laughs> I really like he him is. anyway. And that I made, love how that he, made him go up in my like esteem, which you know he's probably worried about. Like, why? Yeah, I worry about this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's he's so cool. He just like totally engages with fandom and he does. all aspects of it. Like he just he knows how to do everything. I just. He's just fantastic. I think he is just genuinely and sincerely enthusiastic about stuff. Yeah, he's a nice person. And he, like, owns it. He's like, I'm not going to be ashamed to be excited about stuff. Yeah, and I love how he, like, recommends fan fiction from Sleepy Hollow and fan artists and stuff like that. I'm like, this is so cool. Did you see the video of him reading the fan fiction? No. Oh, gosh. If you Google it, it's somewhere on the Internet. And yeah, he's he's just he's he's amazing. I really like him. He is. He is. Yes. Every time I talk about Orlando Jones, I get this huge smile on my face, and I have it now, and my mouth hurts. It's so big. <laughs> he's so good. He's just, uh, he's just so. I follow very few like celebrity types on Twitter or anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I follow him on all the platforms. He's awesome because he's so cool. Like, and he's just he's so 
I don't know. He just he this is the best ever. What What do you think of the ladies on Supernatural? And then Orlando Jones. I know. That, I know. Was, that wasn't <laughs> even a segue. That was just like, let's talk about Orlando Jones. Well, I'm, well, yeah. I mean, I mentioned Sleepy Hollow, and I went sort of, and I just yeah. more on Sleepy Hollow. I just love like Nicole Bahari, and she is so badass and so yes. tiny, and like such a presence. And I'm like, how is such a tiny person such a like presence? Like, See, like, the girls are better on that show than Supernatural. Supernatural yeah. sets the bar so low with their lady characters. They all it's, die. Like, the first time I, I watched an episode, they killed Tyra Collette. Who's Ty- with- You don't know who that is. Oh, Tyra was on there? Yeah. I didn't know that. And I was it's like, funny. oh my goodness, no one told me Tyra was on Supernatural, and then she's dead. I will find out who she is. She's, um, Adrian Pilecki. She was- How am I not remember? Oh, Jess, Jess. Sam's Jess. Sorry. Yeah. Wait. Look, I think, yeah. She was in, like, the first season. Yeah, she was Sam. That She's the whole reason Sam went back into hunting. They killed her. Right. Yeah. Then they killed everyone after. And they, they just killed, they, they killed everyone. I think part of it, though, is that when, because I watched the show late. I was, like, in season seven or eight when I started watching it. But I guess when the show was going on and they'd introduced female characters like um Joe and Ellen, which were these two um women hunters. Well one owned a bar where the hunters went and the daughter went to be a hunter and Joe was um Meg on Veronica Mars. Mm-hmm. And uh I like I like her too and I like her in the show, but when she was on the show everyone hated her because Dean and her liked each other. So I think that there was a lot of pushback from fans, but now when when they talk about it. They're like, oh, we love Joe. But I get the sense that fandom was not very inviting of any female characters. And they kind of took that and ran with it. I think they suck at writing them anyway. But I think there was kind of a perfect storm of letting that seep into the way they approach their lady characters. Which suck because they should have good lady characters. Well, it seems like yeah. a sort of show that's really a natural fit for having good lady characters, too. Yeah. Because they like, can kind of create anything they want. Like, they... It seems to have a relatively loose like mythology behind it. That's that's weird. It is. It is. It's just strange. Like they had this amazing character, Lisa, who was like Dean's not his wife, but if he was gonna marry anything, it would have been her. Anything, sorry, anyone. And um, they mind wiped her. Like so, she forgot Dean existed. It was just oh. any excuse not to keep a lady on for too long. And it's just it's not good. But that's. The rest of the show has to make up. Well, it doesn't really make up for it at all, really. The brothers are just really good looking. And they are. I just they get a pass more than a, it's awful because this is stuff I rail against all the time. But I will tune into Supernatural every week. I mean, I think that's also kind of part of like the sort of like rub of being like a consumer of any sort of like media yep. or story yeah or anything because I'm constantly like wrestling with, you know, like I like this, but it's also problematic. Yeah, my but if you like didn't watch anything. Um, if it didn't have problematic, you know, like if you were like, oh, this is problematic, I'm not going to watch it, then you would never watch anything. Exactly. So it's so disappointing. They're supposed to have a new girl come in this season who's Scottish and I don't know, but I'm doomed. She is. It's really, it's, they have like one female character from previous seasons that hasn't died or been written into Oz. I just can't get over how bad bad that was. That was so stupid. It was so bad. I just, and so I just, mad. Because, I mean, even, like, I mean, I, 
you know, as you all know, I like I love Friday Night Lights and like, but I still like recognize that there's like problematic stuff right. with that show. Like, you know, it's no one's perfect on that show. Oh, and that would be boring if they were, but right. you know, Coach is kind of sexist and that's largely like mm-hmm. goes unchecked. So I think he has actually a little bit of a story arc in terms of like becoming better about that. Yeah. I, think I agree. It's, it's a subtle thing, but I actually think it's probably very intentional. Um, right. They, I think they they never dealt with race in a way that is as nuanced as I would have liked. Right. Um, you know, there's like, like supposedly like this character in the last season was going to be gay and something happened and he wasn't. There's like only like one gay character a whole series, which is the mayor. Oh yeah, and the coach and the one of the assistant coaches, but that's like it's not. Really yeah, but they didn't ever do anything about that. No, they didn't, and like right. it's like they like they made it seem like it was going to be a thing, right. and then and they, they never mentioned it again. Yeah, and you know, and Devin is 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 gay, but that's not even really much of a story. It's sort of in service of Landry's character arc. So, you know that that kind of, you know, but like, does that keep me from enjoying it and like feeling like it's it's like really personally meaningful to me. No. Right. But I also like You recognize the problematic elements yeah. that you still yeah. tune yeah, in and you like what conversation with yourself like can I tolerate that it's it's weird. It's it's a it's a weird experience of trying to be like an informed person and like being, you know, critical and thoughtful and also like not wanting to just make your life wholly depressing. Right, yeah, basically. Right. Oh, Dean called another woman a bitch. Great. But look at this badass possession scene. Like, yeah, yeah. I know. You're like, look at this This is so cool. (laughs) They're punching each other, guys. No. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Laura, I you you made the best comparison one time a million years ago that I've stolen a bunch of times now. I did. I don't even know what you're referring to right now. Talking about Eminem. And uh-huh. I can even tell you where we had this conversation. We were driving to Seattle for Mindy Scott's book event. So We've talked there. about Eminem like multiple times I though. This I still don't know what you're talking about. And how, like, <laughs> like, like he, like his music is like kind of violent and, you know, has like, you know, quite a few problematic. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. You remember what I'm talking about? Like, it's also like there's some it's sort of what's appealing about it because like one is it's really interesting he's pretty innovative but like also because he's like working that stuff out in music and like there's something really like so it's like okay so it's problematic what he's talking about yeah. but it's also captivating because of the way he's doing it and that kind yeah like of, you get a song like '97 Bonnie and Clyde it's like oh my god but then at the same time that like just what he made out of that was like exactly whoa well i think a lot of his music is like him working out his like internal shit yeah in a creative way but it's not a lot of the stuff that he says like his lyrics are not very palatable no they're just you know because like i mean if i said everything that i was thinking and put it out for public consumption i don't think a lot of people would like that either right i would have no friends if i did that i'd still be your friend laura oh thank you sarah good to know (laughs) then you find out laura doesn't like julie taylor and oh my god laura's been keeping this from me i lied (laughs) um but uh yeah it's just it's 
it's in I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a you know, I also like like the other one that and music is a lot easier to make this comparison to in a lot of ways, but like like I really like Jay Z. Like I just like Jay Z. I don't know why. Yeah. I have like this mix on my iPhone that's like actually it's on my iPod, not my iPhone. That's um like sort of like when I'm in a bad mood, I listen to this music. And like there's right. a lot of Jay Z on that that particular and there's like his like I mean he has some of his songs are like have some pretty troubling um references. Right. And but not 99 Problems, because people who think 99 Problems is about women need to, like, freaking Google, because that is not what 99 <laughs> Problems is about. 99 Problems is about police profiling, so, you know, get on that, people, if you don't know that. Um, <laughs> it is! It really is! I know it is, you but know? I just think it's funny how you're telling... Never mind. Oh, I will correct, I will correct random people for that, because there's a lot of people who hold up 99 Problems as, like, what's wrong with rap music. And I'm like, first of all, you're probably a racist. Second of all, that is not what that song is about. So, <laughs> and it's a lot of women who do that. I get very upset about this issue. Have, have you ever read your famous prop, uh, the Tumblr, your famous problematic? Oh, that, that Tumblr makes me so upset. Yeah. I think it's mean. And I think it's, um, it seems to have this, like, idea that there's this, like, somehow there's a way to not, and it may just be the way that it's, because the person presented is that like like that there's some aspiration that there's someone or something out there that is wholly unproblematic and i don't think that exists like that's yeah that's a good point that's the first thing that got me thinking about it though i have to admit just the idea of having something that you love and just openly acknowledging it that it's not perfect because it's so easy to get defensive and try to make something perfect because you want to justify liking it instead of just admitting that you know supernatural sucks at writing women yeah (laughs) the other thing that bothers me with that particular site is that he i think it's a man who does it um will will post things that are rumors as i think it's always important and that really bothers me because i'm like or the very- post something that someone did that's problematic that then they went back and addressed because I really believe in forgiveness and that like people can make mistakes and they can learn that like yeah. what I did that wasn't cool I didn't understand that at the time like I maybe used language that I didn't realize was right. you know troubling yeah, not everyone. Are you opinion. banging on your desk while you say this? Yeah. <laughs> okay, because I can hear. Sorry. <laughs> no, I think it's funny, but I can hear you. Know you what I'm like, doing? I'm pointing my finger at my, you know, my finger point. I'm yeah. At, yeah. And um, that's where I get like because I do believe people like I know like I'm not perfect. Like I've screwed up many times in my life, and right. I also believe that I can learn and like change yeah. my language or change my behavior or you know, whatever. And, right, and it's just a process that we all go through in life. It is. And I don't it's, see why people are still think that it should be even for book characters, the standards should be higher. I know. So I, just, I think it's weird. Yeah. It is. I just get worried that that particular site kind of makes me upset because I, I think that his choice to, to one, include rumors and two, to not um, provide context when things have been addressed, that I feel like is really disingenuous and counterproductive in having a discussion about um, sort of improving. Well, yeah, if you're talking more about what's true and what's not, you're not talking about the issue, the yeah, actual, yeah. that's the thing. Like, I, I think there's a lot of room for discussion about 
the yeah. way we, I mean, I think, because I think on that type of thing, they do do a really good job at is pointing out like the problem of transphobic language. Right. And I think that's a really important discussion that, um, you know, and many of us don't realize. Right. Um, you know, that, that that's such, that's such a part of like the lexicon in Western speech. And, right. you know, so there's such an opportunity to sort of educate people in that. Yeah, and get them aware. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's really, really important. And so, I'm just like, it just get really, I feel like a lot of that gets lost in the like, I'm posting a rumor. Yeah, it's frustrating when you can see the, you know, the worth of something and yeah. what they, yeah. And then getting lost in the factual inaccuracies. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard for me. And it's also because yeah. I'm old and like, I see everything as like. Old. Well, not old. I feel like I'm Except older. When, like you're not old. Why do you keep that. saying that? Just when we watch our TV shows. Watch our programs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I'm having that thing where I feel like I'm older than everyone on the internet. And then I'm, I'm, I'm coming up on my birthday, which Laura knows that, like. Oh, yeah. That's, that's like, a big Our issue. I always feel really old when I, like, get those casting requests for my books because I have no idea yeah, who's on TV. I really don't and I you know, I don't want to get made fun of because I picked someone really to like one direction. I don't know. Like I would never do that, but Yeah, they have funny hair. I don't think any yeah. of your characters would have that hair. Yeah. Uh, what if I made someone who loves One Direction mad? I'm sorry, I've never heard any of their songs, so now you sound even worse. <laughs> Robin Benway was on our podcast and I think she kinda has a thing for one direction actually. Yeah. Oh really? Cool. <laughs> highly recommends the documentary that um, Morgan Spurlock did. I'm actually really interested in seeing that. I, I haven't know, watched I it. Too. It's not streaming anywhere that I can tell. Um, I get a lot of gifts from that on my Tumblr. I don't. Like, I, I think I follow a few directioners. So, yeah. It, and then I, with little phrases about how they didn't expect their success or how it blew up and everything. I'm like, that sounds interesting. Well, and I, think, uh, I think that was interesting too because I, I feel like I read something that he said where it was kind of about. Because people are make fun of like the screaming teenage girl fans, and he was like, "I hate that." That's yeah. So... And it, his point in the documentary was about kind of like respecting the girls and why they liked, why they felt so strongly about this band and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and like that. Robin talked about that actually. Okay, now yeah. I like them. I take back everything I ever said about One Direction. <laughs> this podcast. I would cast them in all my books. Robin talked about that actually. Like she said, like it was really cool how in that documentary like how respectful Morgan Spurlock was of these you know girls who were so passionate about One Direction that it was like and that she was like was like wow like he treated that as like a legitimate thing to be like it wasn't mocking them or yeah which is like it happens like all the time where you see people like that's just like these, and it's things that other women write about that too. And I'm like, come on, I know, when I'm you like, thought the box the thing in the <laughs> '80s, you are all about it too, okay? Yeah. Bitch, don't even. You know? I know, no, that's the way I, I get real. I get much more upset when other women do it too. Because like, don't tell me you have not had that experience of like someone. I know they told crapping on something you like just because you were like 15 and into it. Like, oh yeah, and like or like when those actors would do those mall tours, like don't tell me that you weren't all about that when <laughs> Scott Bayo came to town, okay? Like <laughs> It's true. It really- oh Scott. 
It's it's true. Just, Come on. I know. Yeah, it's 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 terrible the way we discredit yeah. teenage girls. We're dri- like teenage. We're. I'm not a teenage girl. What the hell? <laughs> but they were. Dri- they are driving the market. Like, yeah. and when we were teens, yeah. we were driving the market, and we do anything we can to discredit that. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I mean, I just. I think that there's. You know what they like is like a very valid thing, and it's an important it's an important part of like our yeah. culture. And it really, I get so bent out of shape, and I'm always correcting my husband when he like sort of like because he has. And in fairness, he works at a college, so he has to deal with like 19 year old and that is right. lots of girls. Um, so I understand like why he gets kind of burnt out on it, but like sometimes he's just like, oh, they're so into this like weird thing, and they are. It's an art college, so they get really into weird things. Um, but I'm always like, that, 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 don't say, don't say these teenage girls, don't, don't even go <laughs> because it just really, it sucks so much to, to just have that experience of having something you like, just like crapped on. Yeah. People try to make you like, feel like it's invalid. Yeah, well, when uh, that everything like that you like and just, care about is invalid when you're a teenager. It's like, I may not be into Twilight, but... I had an Edward poster, and I was not a teenager when that came out. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, the anger people have that, like, you know, 15, 16-year-old girls, like, made those books and the subsequent movies such a hit, like, to me, is so ridiculous. Like, I can't even get my head... It's scary, like, to be angry. Yeah. Yeah. Because when a guy's like something, you know, that's just accepted. It's the thing. But if it's a girl, like, no. Right, like, I think it's interesting how, like, how much people like Harry Potter is accepted Mm -hmm. as opposed to something like Twilight. Yeah. um, Because the Twilight audience is primarily female. Yeah. Right. But, like, Harry Potter, it's really mixed, and it's also, like, adult females and males who like it. Yeah, so they got they got the men, you know. It's got a stamp of approval of some sort. It's like, yeah, you know, we've yeah. got Comic Con is going on this week, and right, and um, there's like there's this grown whole up men dressing up in Harry Potter costumes, yeah. and you don't call you don't you know what I mean? And there's this whole narrative <laughs> that teenage girls have ruined Comic Con because it's become a place to like debut like TV trailers and like move like the you know the Twilight trailer used to be you know when they each they whenever they had a new movie coming out the right. trailer would be debuted at comic-con and like the divergent trailer was first debuted at comic-con and like it's this you know it's become a huge opportunity to connect with like a potential audience uh these girls who drive a huge part of the market and like there's so much anger in that sort of like geek community which i have so many problems with that terminology oh yeah um that these girls have ruined comic-con and it's like i'm sorry like if you thought you was just going to be like you know your superhero bullshit forever like those days are done and you better like get over it, it makes me really mad like, or, yeah, or the way they, like, treat the girls there as it's they're like horrible. sex oh yeah, yeah 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 you know what i mean like they think that like the girls there who are dressed up in their costumes are just there for like a guy to for grab her ass. Yeah, yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah, yeah uh, i can't no not with that Ugh. it's very very not very okay upsetting. it's disturbing it's disturbing and, it's and, wrong it's there was that, um, there was a all-female panel last year, I believe, and it was about, um, like, women and, um... I think I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, there was a big write-up about it in the 
questions that they got. Yeah, were it was just yeah. really disturbing. Um, there, and there was a go ahead. Oh wait, no, after you. Oh, I've I, lost my train of thought. And they were just <laughs> oh, actually I do. There were because people, if you want to be see a panel at Comic Con, you basically have to camp out in the room and sit through other panels. Oh right, that was it. Uh, I remember. Remember that and like yeah, people had that. to like sit through the all female panel. Yeah, it was very oh, upsetting no. to them to like have to listen to these women. Yeah, and it was yeah they were they were distraught that they had to listen to this. That's that's scary. It's just. It was the yep. women who kick ass Comic Con panel, right? Yes, and, and it yeah. sounded like an amazing panel. Like Michelle Rodriguez, who's so cool, was on yeah. it, and um, oh gosh, like Maggie Q and Katie Sackhoff and Tatiana Mas- Maslany. You watch Orphan Black, Courtney? I've seen a couple episodes. It's Canadian. I know. <laughs> it's so I've got to get into it. It's like by the time it hit my red, like my radar, it was like halfway through, and I was so confused, and I just haven't sat oh, down yeah, and started miss, from the you beginning. Can't miss an episode, it's got yeah, to be I like the one that the the one clone that is like she was singing "Bitch" by Meredith Brooks and making all her neighbors upset or something. At this, I don't know. That made me want to watch it. But with bangs and was she doing crafting? It, yeah, I think it was the I one with Ben. I love her. She's my favorite clone. Yeah, she's like she was like uh, <laughs> in a really she's just revealing all the neighborhood secrets or something. She's, she's just so getting good. really angry. Yes. Yeah, she was the one that made me want to watch it. I just she's, haven't gotten around to it yet. She's great. That's Allison, and she's great, and she's like totally looks like uptight, and she's just she's fantastic. I was so surprised she did not get an Emmy nod, but I, I feel like. I was legitimately, like, really upset. Like, I felt like she should have gotten all the Emmy nominations because she's playing, like, seven different characters. So, yeah, yeah, she's phenomenal. But, um, but anyway, they, people were so upset that that panel existed and that they had to sit through it and listen to these girls talk about, like... Kick-ass females. Yeah, and talk about how, like, there are problems with, like, there aren't enough rules for women and there are things that can that can sell and that there's this somehow this perception that like movies, movies and TV shows with women don't sell. And there's like no data to back that up. Right. And then yeah. when they do sell, you know, it's just a fluke. It yeah. Was, yeah. It's just it's bullshit. It's yeah. It's not, it's so, it's like not true. And that there's this disconnect between the reality and the perception. And for some, whatever reason, the perception seems to be the thing that gets the attention. It was really, really, really interesting. Um, yeah, I remember the backlash about that and being really disheartened to hear it because yeah. I was like, really, it's it's not like it's just I don't I just can't wrap my head around it, but I know it makes me so mad. Like, yeah, why? Can you imagine like sit like being bothered about? Just, I can't get my head around it about like re- representation of like an experience of a huge part of the population. I mean, it just yeah. There's like something so like alien to me that I just can't conceptualize that that's something that would bother people. Yeah, it's it's just a reminder about how how much there's a long way to go yeah. before we get anywhere close. Now I'm sad, no. <laughs> but, no, but I mean, I just think it's it's to me it's just fascinating. I mean. That still goes in with what we've been talking about, where, like, all these men have been raised to think that women fit this certain box, that they are there for, like, their viewing pleasure, and that's and even it. Women have been and otherwise, they that. should just, like, shut the fuck up. 
You know what I mean? Like if they don't meet their standards of what they think a woman should act like and be like, then that's a problem and they should shut up. And then women internalize that. Should not like drive any sort of like part of the economy or consumer culture. Right. Because, you know, that just, who knows what might happen. Yeah. Nothing good. Nothing good. Don't you just accept that by being a girl, you're walking into something that you're going to ruin just because you're there and you're female? Just I mean, for, yeah, like, just for yeah. existing. Just got to accept it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ugh. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool that the Twihards ruined Comic-Con, to be honest, because <laughs> if anything needed a little bit of ruining, it was that. Yeah. Like. They deserve it. Honestly, like that's sort of like it's such a weird thing that like this I feel like you're holding back in this this talk, like you know, right. I really tell you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that's like that sort of like male geek culture is so problematic. I mean, we talk about things that are problematic, and like that it's sort of gone unchecked because they're like nerds. It's, well, look at the um, response tropes against women in video games got. That was yeah. utterly horrific. Oh, I it mean, was. yeah, that Anita is so like I cannot imagine having to deal with that on that level I can't and, and being able to get up each day and facing it. It's just, I, but we don't have a problem or anything. This isn't something that needs correcting. <laughs> like, or even the, you know, the women in the high five stuff that went on in six months. Yeah. Like, right. It was just so disturbing. Like these things are happening. People like look at it and like, so like, that's what blows my mind. It's just the indifference. Some people will meet this kind of news with, like, it really doesn't make you mad that this is happening? How can it not? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it is that a lot, for a lot of women, it's, like, ingrained in them. Yeah, they, they've totally. Like, they have, like, this internalized sexism themselves. Yeah, like, oh, my experiences are invalid or not not important. Yeah. I think that's very, yeah. I think that happens to a lot of people. And I think it's, I mean, honestly, like, it's taken me a long time to, like, stop apologizing for the stuff I like. Yeah. I like to not like yeah. a disclaimer. And that's hard. That's a really it hard is thing hard. to do because it's sort of, it's an instinct to sort of have a disclaimer on like, you know, oh, you might not like this or you, you know, like, I'm, I, it's a guilty pleasure, but, or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. Things we do to diminish ourselves and what we like. And professional accomplishments, you know, you want to almost right. start out, but sorry, I did something great here. Like, it's, it's very internalized. Yeah, I mean, it's to sort of, like, be like, oh, I'm excited about this thing, and not, like, preface it with anything. That's a hard thing to, to get in the habit of doing. It is. It, it, yeah, and then when you start getting out of that habit, you just start to see it everywhere and how everyone's doing it, and it's like, wow. It's just kind of mind-blowing. As soon as the, you're aware of it, how pervasive it is mm-hmm. and discouraging. to the Clear Eyes Full Shelves podcast. Be sure to check out our book reviews, recommendations, opinion, and all-around nerdy badassery at clearyesfullshelves.com or on Twitter at Full Shelves. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Until next time, Clear Eyes Full Shelves can't lose. <laughs>